Good morning. Before we settle down into the word this morning, I wonder would you just stand to your feet again? And I'd like you to do something for me. Christmas is not just like the Hallmark movies. Christmas is a rubbishy time of the year for some people just to get through. And there's some folk this morning who haven't seen anybody over the Christmas period. So I'd love you to go just and give somebody a big hug and say, hey, it's great to see you this morning. Just take a minute to do that, would you? Just go to, if you can't move, that's fine. But one or two of you, go and do that. Give somebody a big hug and say, I'm glad you're here this morning. That might be the friendliest thing that they'll have seen in the last two weeks. Wonderful. You don't have to go back to your own seat, do if you want to. Sit where you are, that's fine. This is one of these crazy Sundays in the year that's sort of in between. We're in betweeners this morning, in between Christmas and, and New Year. What do you do at this time of the year? You're looking forward, you're looking back. For some people, they can't wait to get to the New Year because 2018 is one of those years they want to just put down in history and forget about and just put it behind them. Others, this was probably a fantastic year. For those who have been bereaved this year, it's mixed feelings because you want to get into the new year, but then you know that your family, loved ones are not going with you into the new year. So it's another year to face on your own. So there are tremendously mixed feelings that can come at this time of the year, even though that isn't what we see when we watch Santa Claus 2 or, or whatever it happens to be on the television. I pray that you have a wonderful holiday time. I pray it's been blessed. For those of you with kids are probably praying that school starts quickly so you can get those lovely, beautiful children back into school again so that your home becomes a normality. And maybe that's not you this morning. Uh, I got a phone call yesterday from a friend of mine down in the south. For those of you involved in Ghana, many, many of you perhaps know this guy. I've been taking teams to Ghana since the 90s and went first in 1998. And I took a man called Lloyd from Southampton, one of my early trips, probably folk from this church as well. I can't remember who was on the varying trips. But basically, long story short, he went to be with the Lord yesterday. So for those of you who know Lloyd and his ministry called Farm for Life, when he came on a trip with me, I thought we'd killed him. He, he went dehydrated. I couldn't keep any food or water down. Spent the whole time in the hotel, in the bed. And I was assured, of, if nothing else, this is one man who will never want to go back to Ghana again, but he gave up his job. He started a ministry called Farm for Life in helping people set up sustainable businesses. And he was the first one. On one of our trips went over. There were three new motorbikes. He'd convinced a pizza delivery firm in Southampton to give their delivery bikes and they're now spreading the gospel in Ghana, which I thought was wonderful. In recent years, he was involved with the School for the Blind and involved with cricket. He worked with the local county cricket clubs down in the south of England and set up cricket teams in various nations. Last time I met him was in Schiphol Airport when he was on his way to Liberia and working with some cricket authorities there and just doing a, a wonderful job in the realm of sport and helping people who don't have what we have. He had two stents put in just before Christmas, and I just phoned his wife, I heard Osman told me I was coming out of Tesco and phoned her immediately and he had a massive heart attack yesterday morning. So none of us know what the future holds. That could happen to any one of us. Cheer up. 
As we face a new year, what I want to do this morning is bring you what I feel is a word from the Lord. This is all I'm interested in this morning. It's not a fancy pants sermon. I never intended to be that. But basically about 10 days ago, I sat just in my own room at home and said, Lord, just, just show me what you want to say on this particular Sunday. So I believe this is what God wants to say to us this morning. And you may have a reason for doing that. You may have a reason for listening this morning. And Dan phoned me a while back. And by the way, Dan, where is he gone? That was brilliant this morning. Thank you for doing, putting so much into that this morning. He needs a good round of applause, I think, on the team this morning. I really appreciate worship leaders that, that work at what goes on. I told him the theme was to relax. God's in control. This is where we're going to this morning, the idea of New Year 2019. We're going to be looking at Psalm 91 just as a conclusion this morning. But there are five pictures, five verses I want to give to you this morning that I believe God whispered into my ear just for you to have today along this theme that God is still in control. Some of you this next year maybe are facing some tremendous challenges. Maybe last year you were facing tremendous challenges. Maybe in your family, with your children, with your grown-ups, if we were to take those testimonies this morning and were to magnify them, those testimonies, wonderful testimonies, that was a fantastic time. I'd have sat and listened to that all day, Glenn. That was just wonderful. But if you were to multiply that, probably each one of us could have added a little bit, maybe similar to some some of us. Irene came forward and one of the testimonies of Kate's testimony reminded you of something. If we'd kept it going, probably something else would have reminded you. And so our testimonies this morning was a little vision, probably of all of us. And so next year, there may be some tremendous challenges. Maybe young people, we've heard about going in university. What does God want me to do in your job? What if you're made redundant next year? What if when your family moves away, Isaac's moving off to the army this next year? What are we going to do then, apart from clear his room out? What else will we do? (laughs) There are challenges ahead. And so these five, the first one is one I've preached on here before, but I'm just going to give them to you the way I believe God gave them to me. The first one's in Esther chapter 7 and verse 8. And it's basically relax. Why would we relax when there's so much to happen? Just think of it. You haven't heard much about Brexit. It's all coming again next week. It's going to be there. Why would we relax? Well, in, in this story in Esther, and, and many of you have heard me preach on it maybe several times, I don't know, but God gave it to me a couple of years ago. Those of you who know the story of Esther, she was a Jewess. She was the one that, that King Xerxes married after he got rid of his, his wife. She was the most beautiful in the whole land. But she was in the kingdom there in, in Persia, and she became the queen, and the king didn't know that she was a Jew. And the wicked Haman wanted to destroy all of the Jews. But she came, put a banquet for her husband, King Xerxes, and he says, what is it that you want to have? And she said, listen, I want to live. Who would dare want to kill my wife? And she said, this wicked Haman. And the the passage that God really gave me at that time was when the king heard that Haman was the one, he went out into the garden. While he was out in the garden, Haman got on the couch with the king's wife, with Esther, and the king walked back in. And he was so shocked to see Haman on the couch with his wife. He said, will you assault the queen while I'm still in the house? And what God said to me was this, and what I want to share with you this morning, the first thing is the king is still in the room. 
And we've got to remember that. At the time when I felt this came to me, first of all, was the time of our last elections here in the country when all sorts of things were going on and all sorts of nonsense. And when we look politically, you've just got to look at Facebook or look at your social media feed, those of you who are on that, and you'll see how angry people get. How angry people will get about Brexit. Should we vote this? Should we have another referendum? And people get really, really excited. And I want to tell you something this morning. It does not matter because the king is still in the room. If he wasn't in the room, then it does matter. But it does not matter because God is still in control. So relax. People get so angry. I've stopped putting anything political on the Facebook stuff. I'm not interested anymore. I'm not going to respond to it. Because I find that people get so angry over things that they have no control over. The first one this morning is this. Is you can relax because the king is still in the room. Whatever you're going to face in 2019, I want to tell you the most important thing is that the presence of God is with you. Whatever else you have in life, whoever else is with you, as long as the king is with you, then all will be well. If that was one thing that I was to say about our lives over the last number of years, God has brought me into some strange places, as you know. And sometimes, often I'm on my own. And this year coming up, there will be some places I will be there on my own. And sometimes it's dangerous. There's no doubt about that. But always I know that the Lord is with me. And if the Lord is with me, all will be well. The king is still in your room. He's still present with you. That's the first one. The second one is from my favorite book in the book of Joshua. And Joshua chapter 5. There are some times when we just don't know. When we heard that testimony this morning about university. We just don't know what God has in control. And the problem is, if you're like me, I I like to be in control. Some of our, our personalities like to be in charge. You like to know what's happening. You you don't like the variables to be there. You like to have your handle on it. So if if you've got A covered and you've got B covered, then C is the natural result. How many of you are like that this morning? Some of you couldn't give a, a, a zip. Some of you just let life flow on. But there are some of you this morning who like to be in control. And it's hard for those of us who want to be in control when we're not in control. Because there are too many variables that we just have no control over. And you've no control over that. At the moment in IGO, International Gospel Outreach, we are moving. This year's a big year for us because we're moving. Kathy's mum's here this morning and she's moving up to just behind us, God willing. And we're moving the headquarters up to North Allerton. So the headquarters of IGO won't any longer be in North Wales. It'll, it'll be up here. But there's a lot of variables. There's some folk interested in it. And I want to know, do they want to buy it or not? And I want to know now. I want to know today. And I want an answer today. And I want to be in control. And I can't control that. And I don't like that. Do any of you understand what I'm talking about? Are you looking at me? Some of you nodding. And I could tell some because I know some of you very well. I know the control freaks here. I know those of you who want to be in control. It's not a male-female thing. Believe me, it's nothing to do with that. It's a personality type. And sometimes we want to be in control. And so in this verse, the second one, in Joshua chapter 5, verse 15, the commander of the army of God appears to him outside Jericho. They've crossed the Jordan. He's facing the biggest battle in his life. All he wants is a word of comfort from God. All he wants is a little word that says, Hey, don't worry, sunshine, I'm with you. That's all he wants. That's not much, is it? And so he says to God, God, are you for us? Or are you for our enemies? Now, I know the answer to this, God, by the way. But I just want to hear it from you. 
Are you for us or are you for the enemies? And God says, no, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. And so I want to encourage you this morning. We're here in our worship service. We've already worshipped him. And when we cannot control what happens in the future, God says it's time to worship. Just worship him. Lift up holy hands and worship him. If you're not in control, you can still worship him. Because the thing is, he is in control. He is in control. So relax. Those of you who are not good at relaxing. I know what it's like. I'm not good at relaxing. I just don't do the relaxing thing. I'm a busy person. I want to be busy. Don't get in my way when I'm busy. I say, go and relax. What would I do if I relaxed? What on earth would I do to relax? I'll go to the gym or I'll, go, I'll do something. or I'll, I'll, I just don't do the nothing thing. It just isn't me. I don't like it. So don't tell me to do that. Take off your shoes and worship. We can worship him in 2019 because he's worthy of worship. He's in control. The third one is in Second Chronicles 25 verse 9. I love this one. Some of you are good with money. Some of you are not good with money. Some of you are ridiculous with money. Some of you are in control of that. Some of you look to 2019 and think, how the heck am I going to pay my bills in 2019? We had a wonderful testimony about being self-employed there. What a wonder! I'm self-employed. So if I take a week off, don't get paid for the week off. You know what? Self-employed people can't go on, ho- to go on holiday. That's, you're taking a week off. That's what happens. So there's a challenge for those of you who are self-employed. Can God pay your bills in 2019? Well, sometimes our testimony is God paid that bill. But when we rely on testimonies, it only gets us to the next testimony. Because we thank God he paid that one behind us. God, you better pay the one in front of us. But there's a higher way than that. There's a higher place to get to. And here in in 2 Chronicles 25 verse 9, there's a guy called Amaziah. I'm not going to talk about him. Just say this. Amaziah was the king of Judah when the kingdom had divided. And he was going out to fight a battle. And so he hired some soldiers. They did. That was a regular thing. Sometimes they'd go to another country and they'd hire their army. So he hired the army from Israel. About 100,000 soldiers paid a fortune for them. And a man of God came up to him because God had rejected Israel and gave him a word from the Lord and said, don't use those soldiers. Send them home. And he said to them, but I've paid a fortune for them. And so the word of God came to him and said, God can give you far more than that. Why could we relax this morning? I want you to know something. God can look after your bills in 2019. Now that was the worst response I've had from the three things that I said so far. I said the king was in the room. Yes, he's in my room. Wonderful. I said, take off your shirt. I've got my feet off already. But when I said that God can give you far more, I want you to hear this this morning. God wants you to hear it. He's got your bills covered in 2019. He's looking after you. If you trust to allow him to look after you, you can worry through the whole year if you want to and then have a testimony each month. You could stand up next year and have 12 testimonies. Now, it would be wonderful to have 12 testimonies of how each month God met your needs. Or you could listen this morning where God says, I can give you far more than that. And your testimony today is, God's already met my need, and I'm going to relax.
I know what happens. We've seen it in our own life. Kathy and I know it. I don't know how we do what we do. I travel. I spend tens of thousands on my flights. And I don't lose a night's sleep over it. I have no idea how it works. But I know that God does it. And he is able to do far more than we ask or think or imagine. That is the truth. So he can do it. If you're worried about what God wants you to do in 2019, relax. He's got it covered. And he's going to give you the best. Maybe not go that far this morning, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. The Lord's able to do far more than this. Even when we've made mistakes, this man made a mistake. Some of you might have made mistakes with your finances, might have got yourself into difficulty. The Lord can still do far more than that. He doesn't come to us and say, you're a right plonker. You made a mess of that. God doesn't do that. He's a God of grace who wipes it all out and starts afresh. Oh, I know you've made a mess of your finances, but I'm going to bless you this year. I like that. The fourth one is in Ruth chapter 3 and verse 18. And in Ruth chapter 3 verse 18, the story obviously of Ruth and her mother-in-law Naomi. She's come back to Bethlehem. Eventually she marries Boaz. And we know that, I'm sure you know that story very well. But in this chapter, it's when her mother-in-law sends her out into the field. She finds herself in the field of Boaz, who's the wealthiest man in Bethlehem. And Naomi realizes that he is one of the relatives, a kinsman redeemer. And she says something to her that is beautiful. She says this, relax, girl. He won't rest until he's done everything today that he promised he would do. You can relax. Why can we relax? Because God is more interested in your vision becoming a reality than you are. God is more interested in your business being successful than you are. God's more interested in your family being successful than you are. God's more interested in you bringing your children up well, whatever issues they have, than you are. God has invested everything into making sure it goes well for us and our families. And Naomi came along to Ruth and said, Ruth, just relax because he's working on it. And if he's working on it, you don't need to work on it. You can relax. Regardless of what 2018 was like, regardless of the messes that we made in the last year, God is working on your ministry and on what you want to happen. I was watching this morning, just as different personalities in the church, we always sit over this side. It's probably because I'm right-eyed or something. Terrible, isn't it? Isn't it true? We call ourselves, oh, I don't know, Baptist, Pentecostal, free, whatever you can want to call yourself. But that means we're not like those Anglicans, you know, who sit in the same place all the time. We just sit on a, on a seat still in the same place all the time. How many of you are in the same seat this morning that you always sit in? Isn't that incredible? Because God guided you to it. The Holy Spirit brought you there, didn't he? He just led you there. We're free. But that's just the way that it is. But I love the way that people do that. I was watching Pete this morning standing over here. Because he normally stands over this side. Of course, he's looking after the kids. But he normally stands over this and sees things from a different angle. And I like that. I think that's Pete because God wants you to see things from a different angle. You see things from positions that nobody else will see. And I love that about Pete because I just think God wants him to be unique and use his unique abilities to see things with a fresh angle. Some of us are boring. We just do the same things that we've always done. God's never going to allow Pete to be boring because of the family he's given him for a start. That's... (laughs) Boredom's not going to come into it. But listen, God uses all of that 
to show us a different angle in life. And he sees things in a different way than you see things. And God's going to use that in a tremendous way. So we sit where we sit, and God lets us see things. And there's, there's tremendous vision potential. We sang that final song, you know, walking on the water where my feet could not wander. That's it, where my feet could not wander. Asking God to take us to a place where our feet could not wander. Where's your, in other words, God's going to guide you this year. He's going to take you to a place where you won't wake up one day and say, oh, how did I get here? Some of you, God has put a unique calling on your life, which is to be different from other people. And the problem is the world doesn't want us to be different. They want us to conform. And even the church sometimes, I don't mean this church, but the church overall doesn't want us to be different, wants us to conform and to be the same. A lot of modern churches now are blackening out everything, taking out the window. There never were windows here, but taking out the window, making everything black, all controlled by the video projector, smoke machine. I'm not against that, but let me tell you what it does. It gives everybody exactly the same experience. Because it's all coming in one predefined way. Look at Charles here. Charles, I met Charles many years ago. I've known Charles for oh, way, way back to when he was with the JWs many years ago. And Charles has come in. He's a bit different. You know that? How many people wander out in the middle of the service? He does. It's a bit strange, isn't it? But that's Charles. He's a wonderful man of God, Charles. Get to know him. He's different. He's not going to be like every. Oh, but that's not. No, no. He's different. And he'll do things different. And there are some people in here who God is waiting for you in 2019 to do things just a little bit differently. Not to conform to what everybody else does. Just to be a bit different. Forget the retirement thing. That, that's a, that's a, that's not even in the Bible. Mind you, the Methodist hymns aren't either, but we'll work on them later. I mean, they are, they're near, they're close to it. The Methodist hymn looks close, close to it. We're different. We're unique. But God is going to call some of us to do some strange things in 2019. Are you ready for it? That's the question. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for an adventure? Are you ready for something that's going to take you beyond where you are today? Because all the junk you went through in 2018 is not wasted. All the problems you went through with your family is not wasted. All the issues you've gone through with your finances that are not wasted. God uses them all and he turns them all around for good, for the glory of God to use you. Some of you sitting here this morning maybe aren't following God at all. And you're looking and you're thinking, who is that idiot at the front? That's fine. I have no problem with that. I, would, I love it when people say that. That's a good thing. Rather than meet me in a week's time and I ask you, what did I preach on? You say, oh, I'm sure it was good, but I don't remember any of it. Because that cynical mind can be something that God will use in a tremendous way. Anyway, I'm wandering a little bit. He will not rest until he's done what he was going to do today. Let me turn to the, the fifth one, Acts chapter 12. This, this is where God, I believe, wants to take us. And this will be a challenge. We might not all be here in 2020. Here in, in Acts chapter 12 and verse 6, it's the story of Peter. And Peter was in prison. Just a few days before that, the king had taken James, the brother of John, one of the two sons of thunder, one of Peter's best friends. He'd grown up fishing in Galilee with this guy. His families were close. He knew him intimately. They'd fallen out. They'd probably fought on the ground together. They fought over fishing, certainly on the Sea of Galilee. And he was put to the sword. And so as he's put in prison, because was it Herod there said that, saw that it pleased the Jews to do that. So he's planning to kill Peter as well. So Peter is in prison. 
And an angel comes. He doesn't know an angel is coming. An angel is coming in the middle of the night to get him out. He wasn't sent a fax or he wasn't put on Facebook or WhatsApped about it. He didn't know anything about that. Just in the middle of the night, the angel came. And it's so funny, this story, because the angel has to wake him up. Wake up, Peter! Oh, he's having a great sleep. He's about to, he's about to die the next day. Wake up, Peter! But he's asleep. Why? Because he's relaxed. He knows that God is in control. We had quite a few people die in international gospel outreach. Of course, it's, it's been going over 50 years, and so folk who've been there from the beginning are older now. And I was telling Jean last week that one of our oldest members, he's just gone to be with the Lord two, three weeks ago. Gerald was, uh, when I went to Ethiopia, I went back to Ethiopia many years ago. And this guy, Gerald, I met him. Gerald is, is a minister in Devon. And he brought a lot of Ethiopian Jews back to Israel. So he was involved in Aliyah. That was part of his ministry. But he was the only guy I knew who had an open door in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. He had led many, many people to the Lord. I remember in one of the hotels I was staying in over there, when he walked in one day in a tourist hotel, this tour guide swore, I'll not tell you what she said, but she swore, she said, do you know who that is? That's Gerald Godson. She said, that's Gerald. He's famous. He was famous in Ethiopia because of the impact he made on the nation. About 12 weeks ago in Devon, he was out shopping and there was a fire in his house and his wife died in the fire. 12 weeks ago, two weeks ago, he's in Ethiopia and he's killed in a car crash. And you think, oh my goodness. But his wife was the one more in need than him. And he always wanted to die in Ethiopia. Now, the reason I say that to you is none of us know what the future holds. None of us know. And this could be our last year. And I know a joke in St. Cheer Up. The early Methodists, you know, the early Methodists, they said they died well. Why did they say that? They said that because they had an awareness that this is not all that's to come. There is a better day. And I'm not saying that you want to curl up and die this morning. Some of you whose husbands or wives have gone before, there are many times you've said that to God. Take me now because the only thing you want to do is go and be with your loved one. I understand that. Of course I understand that. But the truth is this, is that actually the moment we leave this earth... We are absent from the body and present with the Lord. There's tremendous persecution. I was telling the folk downstairs this morning that just this last couple of weeks, there is a new level of persecution that has come to China. China is closing to the gospel. It was one of the biggest churches in the world, but it is now closing to the gospel, right from the top level down. I've known people this last week, folk we've met, who their pastors are now in prison in the last couple of weeks. And it's going to travel across China. There is a persecution coming. But there is also the light that is, is shining brighter than it's ever shone before. And here is Peter. Relax, Peter. Peter, wake up, Peter. He's already relaxed. Why? Because tomorrow he might well lose his head. But it doesn't matter because he's going to go into the presence of the Lord whatever happens in 2019 if you know Jesus this morning you are secure and to people outside the kingdom they'll say what are you talking nonsense no that's the reality of life the reality of life is that we dwell in this as James calls a mist we dwell in this short period of time and as you get older you realize oh my goodness it used to be years you couldn't wait till Christmas and then then the years flew past now it's the decades are flying past how many of you know what I'm talking about this morning you're thinking oh my goodness my dad was old when he was 40 now I think what a young man he was 
Time goes on and the years goes on. And those of you who are young are saying, you're all talking nonsense. No, there's an accelerator that kicks in somewhere after 21 that just gets quicker and quicker and quicker. Do you know what I mean? That's the way that it is. But in 2019, whatever happens, we won't have the same congregation in 12 years' time. There'll be some sitting here this morning that may well be with the Lord in 2020. Think that's depressing? What a wonderful joy to say to somebody. To say that, hey, you'll be in the presence of God. Where it'll be wonderful forever. So my message to you this morning is this. Relax. God's in control. He's in control of Brexit. He's in control of what happens in Britain. You're not going to carry it, though you've probably lost some hair through it. But listen, King's still in the room. He is still in the room today. He's still in Great Britain today. And I believe he's in control. When you don't know what to do, just take off your shoes and worship him. Those of us who are control people, just do that. Let him be in control. When we've messed up financially... The Lord's able to give you far more than this. He can give you promotion in 2019. He can look after your self-employment where every month you will have everything that you could possibly need. Why? Because you're not working for an employer. Your source is God himself. And he has all that he needs. With Ruth it was he'll not rest until he's done what he's doing today. Now turn with me, would you, to Psalm 91. I was watching TBN. Jennifer loves TBN. And I was watching this and listening to a lady called Sheila Walsh. I don't know if any of you remember Sheila Walsh. Good Scotswoman. Do you remember her from her over here, Glenn? I mean, I remember listening to her. Yeah, I've known her for many, many years. She was quite... And then she moved to America. And went through a time of, of depression. And she was reading this psalm, and I loved it. And I want to read it to you. Read it. If you can follow it along, we're going to read it together in a moment. But what I've done is I've, I've changed it to the first person. But I'm going to read it to you the way that it is in Psalm 91. Follow along, please. And then I want us together to read it as a sort of commitment for this new year together. This is what it says, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. 
Because he has set his love upon me, therefore, as God speaking, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Not a fantastic psalm. Now let me ask you a question before we read it. Could you make this your psalm this morning? Could you take this as a prayer, as a declaration going into 2019? We make declarations. I do in my family. I make declarations every day in my prayer time. I I declare things. I declare the way that it's going to be. And that's the way it is going to be. We speak the word of God. You see, heaven and earth will pass away, but God says, my word will never pass away. These words, it says in Deuteronomy 32, 47, they're not futile words for you. They are your life. By those words, you will live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to possess. So this is Psalm 91. And I wonder, could we stand and say it together? Okay, ready? In the year 2019, I will dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely you will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You shall cover me with your feathers and under your wings I will take refuge. Your truth shall be my shield and buckler. I will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I look and see the reward of the wicked." Because I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High my dwelling place, no evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. For you will give your angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. In their hands they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone." I shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent I shall trample underfoot. Because I have set my love upon you, therefore you will deliver me. You will set me on high because I have known your name. I will call upon you and you will answer me. You will be with me in trouble. You will deliver me and honor me. With long life you will satisfy me and show me your salvation. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning for your presence with us in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that you are not a silent God. You are not an inactive God. You don't slumber and sleep as we do. You are still in control. You are still in this place. You are looking after each one of us intimately. 
And so we decide to trust you. Thank you that 2018 is almost gone. Thank you for all the good things and the bad things that we are glad to put behind us in this old year. And as we head towards 2019, we commit ourselves to putting you first. We commit every decision into your hands. Every member of our family into your hands. Every job that we will undertake into your hands. Our health, our finances, our home, we commit them to you. We commit our country to you this year. We commit Brexit to you this year. We know that you are in control and we decide to trust you and walk hand in hand with you from the old year into the new year. In Jesus' name we declare it so. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Oh, that's right.
bless your name this morning. We thank you that we can relax because God, our Father, is in control of our lives and our world and the whole cosmos. So, Lord, we trust you implicitly with our lives this morning. We thank you that the King is still in the room. And we thank you that you call us to worship because you are always a holy God. And we thank you that you can give us far more than we can ever ask or imagine. And we thank you that you continue to work out your promises in our lives and in our world, even when we can't see it. And we thank you, Lord, that tonight we can put our head in the pillow and sleep soundly in the Lord, knowing that we are yours until you call us home. So, Lord, we thank you. I pray your blessing on every person in this room. I pray your blessing on Kingsley and Kathy and Isaac and Jemima. We thank you for them. And we pray your blessing on our world this day and on our families in Christ's name. Amen.